I bring you greetings in Jesus' name this morning. It's good to be with you here at Myerstown. There's some pulpit change happening in the district this morning. So Ray mentioned Zach is preaching at Waterworks. Lester is preaching at Shenandoah. And then, of course, I'm here this morning. So bring you greetings as well from Shenandoah. Before I go into the message this morning, I would like to just give a little update on our school in Shenandoah. I reflect back last year to this time, looking into the coming school term and with COVID approaching, you know, what's this going to look like? And we didn't have any teachers lined up at the time. And going into early summer, we didn't have any teachers lined up for the fall. So it was a little stressful looking for school teachers. But Dawson Boss came, ended up committing to teach this term. He moved in from Oregon, plugged into the school, or moved into Shenandoah, teaching there, doing an excellent job. We're very grateful for him. And he's committed to coming back this coming school term, which felt really good. And also for the elementary teacher, we were looking for a school teacher going into the school term there. We weren't finding one. And so going into the term, the beginning of the term, Dale's wife, Connie, was filling that position. And then January 1st, Joelle Hurst, which would be Janisa's younger sister, Ryan and Janisa, her younger sister, agreed to teach, and she is teaching there currently. And just this week, I got news or heard from her that she is committing to teach this coming term as well. So that felt so good, having two teachers returning, both committed to teaching this coming school term. However, we are looking for an additional teacher to assist with the elementary grades, with the school growing some. Exactly what that position will be like is not 100% determined yet, but very likely kindergarten, first grade, maybe second grade, something in that range. So housing is available. It would probably work well if it's a single girl to actually move in with Joelle Hurst and live in the apartment there with her. So if you know of anyone that would be interested in teaching, please talk to Ray or someone from Shenandoah. So it's a little update there wanted to share with you all. For a message this morning, I would like to talk about spiritual metamorphosis, and that is the title this morning. Hopefully you can see it up there, a spiritual metamorphosis. As a young boy, I enjoyed exploring things in nature, and I'm not sure if it started from learning some things in school about, you know, the process of of metamorphosis, You know, how the caterpillar goes into a cocoon or a chrysalis and comes out a butterfly. Those things intrigued me. And I remember one day going out, grew up on a farm, and going out the, uh, actually beside the one, or beside my dad's chicken house, there was some taller grass towards the back end, and I was out walking around in there, and I think I was specifically looking for caterpillars. And I found something that I wasn't sure what it was, but it looked like an egg sack or a cocoon of some sort, so I, I broke the stem that it was on and took it into the house, and this is what it looked like. I don't know if, you, if any of you here can identify what that is, but I don't remember if I got my mom's permission to do this or not, but I put it in a jar and put it upstairs in my bedroom on the windowsill, and I asked my mom yesterday if she remembers anything about this. She said she didn't, so it must have not been too bad of an experience for her, but... I'll tell you what happened with this egg sack that I had in my bedroom. So 
I would every day, I believe, look in the jar to see if there's anything happening in that jar, if there's any life there. But I really wasn't sure what was going to happen, if anything was going to come out of it. But one day, I noticed indeed something was happening. There was life there. And there were little insects crawling around inside the jar. But not only inside the jar, as I looked around, they were all over the windowsill, (laughs) crawling around, hundreds of them. I remember, not in extreme detail, but I remember trying to, you know, get them out the window and get them out. But what was intriguing to me, it was little, well, maybe before I say what it was, anyone know what that might be? Picture may be too blurry for you to really see what it, what it is. Anyone want to take a guess? Who said it? Yes, you're right. Praying mantis. I'm impressed. <laughs> I didn't know if anyone would get that. There were hundreds of little baby praying mantises in my bedroom, but we got them out, and just something ever since, those kind of things intrigued me, you know, cocoons and chrysalis. Fast forward to another story, a few summers ago in the the house that we now live in, my wife in the garden found a caterpillar, it was a green caterpillar, and she took it in the house and put it in a jar with some you know, vegetation in there for it to eat. And we looked it up, I believe she did some research on it, and found it to be a black swallowtail caterpillar. And we put that, or kept it in the jar, and it soon spun into a chrysalis. And some time later, I forget how many days that one was, but came out this beautiful black swallowtail butterfly. And that is a picture of what they look like. So a picture of beauty. For those of you who at least enjoy things in nature like that, a beautiful butterfly. And since we've, over the past couple of years, we've actually done this, had the opportunity to do this to several of them. And our children enjoy them as, long, as, as well as my wife and I. And I want to talk this morning about that process of metamorphosis and compare that to our spiritual lives. I think there are some beautiful analogies there that we can draw from what should be taking place in our lives. Another picture, I don't know how well you can see it up there, I think it's really fading out on this wall here, but that picture is the life cycle of a butterfly. So in, in in your top left starts as the egg. Going to the right, moves to the, uh, the, from the egg into the larva, the caterpillar stage, where it eats leaves and sometimes kills plants, strips them of all their leaves, and then the chrysalis, the pupa, and then into the butterfly. So I went to look at these four stages this morning and compare the, each stage to our life, our journey, as we live our lives on this earth. I plan to spend the most time in the butterfly stage, so I'm going to go through some of these cycles fairly quickly. There's a familiar verse in Romans chapter 12 that talk about, or talks about transformation. And two weeks ago, I believe it was, when Steve Musser shared the message here, and I listened to that, and he went to Romans 12. And I was debating sharing this message because, you know, he had just went there, but I'm not going to go in the exact same lines that he went. I mean, it'll overlap some, but there's some beautiful, even though it's a a very familiar passage to most of us, there's some some beautiful instruction that we can receive from that verse. 
or those first couple verses in there. So Romans chapter 12, I'd like to read verse 2, and I have it up on the, there on the wall. If you can see it up there, if not, you can follow along in your Bible as well. Romans 12, verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When Steve went here with a passage, he spoke a lot about living holy lives and spoke about God's holiness and how we are to live a holy life. This morning I want to look at the transformation or the being transformed by the renewing of our mind. So I want to use this verse as a springboard and then we'll get to the text a little bit later. The interesting thing with Romans 12 in the second verse with that word transformed, that word transformed is the same word that translate, or translates from a form of the Greek word that is a source of metamorphosis. So interesting, I thought that was very interesting and I yeah, want to think about that, the transformation that happens in our lives when we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. So it's a very fitting picture of what takes place at conversion. So again, the title is Spiritual Metamorphosis. The first one I want to look at is the egg or the beginning. That's the first point. Secondly, I'm going to look at the larva or the pre-conversion. And then thirdly, the pupa or conversion, where conversion happens, where the transformation takes place. And then fourthly, the butterfly. And I want to compare that to our Christian life. And I'm going to be referring to you, or to the believer this morning, as butterflies. So hopefully there's many butterflies here this morning. And maybe this will all give us a little spring fever as well. I hope I can leave, you can leave here with this picture of this, this beautiful process that happens. And hopefully this spring and summer, when you see that caterpillar maybe eating leaves in your garden... Maybe it'll inspire you if you don't already do this. Take that caterpillar, put it in a jar, and watch the, the beautiful transformation take place and let that speak to you how our lives should be spiritually as well. So moving into the first point, the egg or the beginning. So the egg could not choose where it was placed or when it would come into existence. And, you know, that, that those eggs were just laid there. And for our lives, none of us chose when to be born, where to be born, what family to be born into, but we were here. We're here in God's timing. And we are, we were all born, if you are here this morning, you were born into this world, not anything of your choice. We also did not choose I already said this, but we also did not choose when we were, sorry, when we were born into this world. We had no choice in that, and we did not choose what country we were born in or what family we are part of. Got ahead of myself a little bit there, but things that were beyond our control. Like I said, I'm going to move through some of these fairly quickly. The second one, the larva pre-conversion is what I would like to liken this to. So the caterpillar is a consumer. A, con a caterpillar can do a lot of damage on your garden plants, can strip it from its, or 
eat all the leaves off of it and sometimes even killing the plant. And I think we can liken this stage to before Christ, or this could compare to life after childhood innocence and before there is a surrender to Christ. You know, we believe that as a baby, they're innocent, they're safe. But there comes a time in our life where our eyes are open. We realize that we're sinners, that we've done wrong, and we start to feel guilt. And many times we don't always take care of that guilt right away. At least that is my experience where I did not acknowledge it right away. I continued to be a consumer or living for self and living specifically for my own interest. So conviction comes, we know that we need to change, yet we continue to live for self. Maybe that's not your experience. Maybe as soon as you felt convicted, you confessed to Jesus Christ and acknowledged him as your Lord and Savior, but many times there's that, that battle that goes on, sometimes days, sometimes weeks, sometimes years, and I'd like to liken that, this, the larva stage to that. Sometimes we... Or we might try to do right, yet struggle to find peace. I don't know if that was your experience or not. Sometimes we try to take matters in our own own hands, and, you know, to surrender, to let go, takes humility. We need to be willing to acknowledge our sin. It takes confession, and sometimes we simply just try to be a better person. But in the end, we can't find peace. There's that struggle. And the caterpillar will not become a butterfly unless there is a transformation, so it is with mankind. Every person needs a transformation that takes place in order to become a child of God. Romans also talks about all have sinned. They've all come short of the glory of God. And if we can't acknowledge that we have done wrong, that we've sinned, we will never experience transformation. And sadly, there are people in this world that would be arrogant or proud enough to say, no, I'm a good person. I've I've never done wrong. And how sad that is. We must recognize that we have sinned. So we all are in need of a transformation. Third point, the pupa conversion So the chrysalis is the place of transformation. In the times that my wife put these black swallowtail caterpillars in jars, we would see them get bigger and bigger from the leaves that they're consuming. But it seemed that one day we would look in the jar and all of a sudden there's a chrysalis. Like we would miss this actually taking place from the caterpillar into the chrysalis. And I, wasn't, I thought it would take quite a bit of time for them to actually go from caterpillar into the chrysalis. But one day, I think it was just this past summer, that my wife, I was working out in the shop, and she let me know, hey, this, this caterpillar is, what do you call it? I'm not sure what the proper way to say it, spinning into a chrysalis? I'm not exactly sure. But it actually took a few minutes. I came in, and we watched it as a family take place. This caterpillar was somehow miraculously making this chrysalis, and all of a sudden... It looked very similar to this picture right here where there was just a chrysalis hanging onto the stick. And it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of life happening in there. It looks like there's just something dead, really. 
And it stays that way for some time, but there's something that's happening in there. There's a transformation taking place. And that's the miraculous thing. It goes in a caterpillar and comes out a butterfly. So this, it's, yeah, again, thinking of this caterpillar, something that, I mean, some caterpillars, I think, look more beautiful than others. Maybe some would argue that there's nothing beautiful in a worm, but some of the colors that they have, I think, are somewhat beautiful. But how much more beautiful when they come out a beautiful butterfly? So this illustrates a person experiencing Christ. There should be something that is evident, a change that's evident from pre-conversion to the pupa or the conversion experience. There should be a, an inward change that takes place that causes a lot of, or that can easily be identified and seen by those around you. There should be a change, an evident change. Unlike the caterpillar, the sinner doesn't experience a transformation of the, of the body. Rather, it is a transformation of the mind. So the caterpillar changes not only inwardly, but also outwardly there's a change. But for the believer, the child of God, our physical appearance doesn't necessarily change from the, the process of transformation or the metamorphosis, the process there. But there's an inward change. It is a renewing of the mind, as Hebrews 12 says. I'd like to again read this verse and emphasize the renewing of your mind. Again, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So it is a mind change. It is a, we often say too, or a new heart, a new mind. When someone is living a life of sin and repents, they, they do a 180, they go the other way. It is a changed mind, a changed perspective. And that is evident by those you are in contact with. They should be able to see a change. If there's no change taking place, there's something wrong. The, the transformation hasn't really happened. So, as a caterpillar changes into a butterfly with a transformed mind, so can I. I want you to leave with this phrase ingrained in your mind. When you see that caterpillar, when you see that butterfly, you think of this process, a renewed mind. Why don't we say this line together? As a caterpillar changes into a butterfly with a transformed mind, so can I. And that is possible but it's not possible on our own. It takes us willing or recognizing our sin, confessing our sin, repenting of it, and allowing God to give us a new heart, a new mind. And that is when we can be transformed into, as I will say this morning, a butterfly. So the fourth point like I said, I want to spend more time on this one, the butterfly, comparing this to our Christian life. The butterfly experience, experiences change both internally and externally. They no longer consume plants, but rather plants now benefit from them. And I'd like to look a little bit about that. So again, the, the caterpillar, the worm, eating plants to the butterfly, 
is actually a benefit to plants. So if, or where do you find butterflies? If you want to go find a butterfly, where, do you, where will you often go look? I'd like to hear from somebody. Flowers. flowers. Yes. Butterflies can often be found around flowers. And what they do, they, they go and they help pollinate flowers. So they're a benefit to gardens, to flower beds. So from something that's taking life, destroying life, they are actually helping other plants or giving life. And shouldn't that be the same way for us as well when we experience that transformation? We should be a benefit to those around us. They should, other believers should be benefiting from us. We should be giving life and not living life for self. For a text this morning, you can turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. I'd like to start reading at verse 22. It was a little difficult for me to know where to jump into this passage. It's a very familiar passage, but I plan to read verses 22 in Ephesians 4 going into chapter 5, and I'll probably stop at verse 14. And as I read these verses, I want you to notice the, the life before Christ and then the life after Christ. Paul is talking about putting off the old and putting on the new. And I want to contrast that with the caterpillar and the butterfly again. So, verse 22 in Ephesians chapter 4. That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put a, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. And again, notice these changes. Let him that stool steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing that which is good, that he may give... To him that he may give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become as saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be ye not therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is, it, what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. 
But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So I'll stop there for the sake of time, but sometime if you would like to look more at the putting off and the putting on, I would encourage you to even start in the beginning of maybe chapter 4 and and read through chapter 5. There's a lot of change that Paul is saying. This is who you were, and as a child of Christ, you are to put off and to put on. You are no longer to go back and to do these things. So I would like to look at some more of these this morning. Already went through some of these that have up there now, looking at before conversion we consume, we live for self, now we are to put on. Speaking of the transformed mind, a transformed mind produces a beautiful change in lifestyle. And if you're here this morning and you are a professing Christian, but there's been no change in your lifestyle, I would question whether you experienced that, whether or not you experienced the transformed mind. Because when our mind is renewed, when we're given a new heart, when we receive a new mind, there's a change that must take place. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people you could talk to in the world if you would go up and ask them if they are a Christian. Many would say, yes, they are a believer, they're a Christian. And if you could observe their life closely, it's really not a changed lifestyle. Or if it's someone you know well, you can pretty much identify whether or not they really are living with a transformed mind. So, spiritual metamorphosis. I wrote down a list of these of what takes place when we experience a spiritual metamorphosis. A transformed mind will replace, and I went through these verses that I read and just pulled a few of them. I'm sure you could list more as well, but I'd like to look at some of these. So a transformed mind will replace lying with truth. So simple as that. I don't know that I really need to explain that, but if you're here this morning and you're living a life of lies you really are, you don't, you're, not, you're not living with a transformed mind. A transformed mind will put away lying and speak truth. It will replace anger with love. Some of these might hit home to you more than others. And this is one that hits home to me. I don't think of myself as an angry person, and yet sometimes I face things in life that tend to make me angry. And what am I going to do with that anger? Maybe I'll quickly clarify as well. There's something that is like a righteous anger, to be angry at sin. But there's also an anger that's not fit for the believer to have in his life or to allow anger to control us. Is anger controlling you? If so... We need to experience a transformation in our life. We need to replace it with love. We need to replace a transformed mind. We'll replace stealing with honest work. Talks about let those that stole steal no more, but labor with your hands. Are you making an honest wage, or are you cheating something in in any way? A transformed mind will replace. Corrupt talking with words that edify. 
What are the words like that come out of your mouth? Are they words that build up? Are they words that encourage? Or are they tearing down? Or are they corrupt? A transformed mind will replace bitterness with forgiveness. There may be things that come in your life that are pretty easy to become bitter about. But a transformed mind will be able to release that bitterness and extend forgiveness. And these things are only possible, again, with a transformed mind. If you're here and trying to live this type of life on your own strength, it's gonna, you, you're going to be missing the mark. It will not work. You're going to be exhausted trying to do these things, but it's only possible by the grace of God with or through a transformed mind. A transformed mind will replace wrath with kindness. Again, going through these verses. A transformed mind will replace immoral thoughts and actions with pursuing holiness. Now this, I know that line could cover a lot of things. There's a lot of corruption in our world. We might see a lot of wrong things that sometimes we see on our phones. You know, what do we do with those things when we see things that we were not expecting to see? If we're going to be living with a transformed mind, we need to be conscious of this each day. And when those things come into our lives that are not right, whether we see it in the workplace, whether we see it as we go about our everyday lives, whether we see it on our phones, what are we doing? Are we prepared to put off the uh, corrupt things of this world, and are we desiring a, to live a holy life? Are we pursuing holiness? I'd also like to note that this transformation of the mind is continuous. I know in Romans 12 it talks about, and we need to experience this, as a, someone comes to Christ, this is a transformation that takes place. But for me, and I believe it's the same with you, that it's not just a once-and-done you know, this is done, now we live our life, but we need to daily make the choice to live as a butterfly, to be putting off and to be putting on. This, again, as we face things in each day, it, it's, it's not always easy. And Daryl Sensenig taught our Sunday school, or the Sunday school class I was in this morning, and he mentioned about, you know, sometimes it's easy to say things or to you know, we could say we would die for Christ. But he said that's a, that would be a once and done thing. But to live for Christ is actually more difficult. And I think I heard something similar to that already, but it really hit me. It's like, you know, that, that is so true. To live for Christ each day is difficult because it takes a daily dying to self and to daily live with that transformed mind. So it's a daily choice that we need to make. There is one more illustration I would like to give you all of a butterfly. And I'll ask you this question, are you a healthy butterfly? So if you've experienced the transformation, if you're living that, or your life with a renewed mind, you've experienced that transformation, are you a healthy butterfly or a healthy Christian? I don't know if you can... Or when you see that butterfly there, if, any, if, you, if you think that looks like a beautiful, healthy butterfly, it probably does to you, or at least most of you. But that was actually one of the black swallowtail butterflies that we had hatch or 
transformed into the jar that we had in our house last summer. But something happened to this butterfly that it lived a very short life. In fact, I don't think this butterfly ever flew. And if you can see right around this part of the wing, there's a little, just a small part missing. And I believe one of our children, their fingers started, got against those wings and touched those wings and caused that butterfly to be unable to fly. It was kind of sad to see. I mean, yeah, it's just a butterfly. I know they live very short lives the way they are, but, you know, it went through all this and never was able to fly and experience life as a butterfly is intended to live. And I believe there are Christians that have experienced that transformation. You know, at first glance, everything appears good, everything appears right, but there's still not really all or the the person that God wants and desires them to be so sometimes Christians are like this butterfly and we are to strive for perfection and sadly I believe more Christians are content to be like this butterfly or many Christians are rather content to be like that butterfly and I already mentioned that if you go and ask people if you, as you meet people this week, if you would ask them if they're Christians, many will probably say yes. And I like to, when I talk to people about that, I like to go further with the conversation and, you know, ask them if they're plugged into a, a body of believers anywhere. And you'll find many people that, well, no, I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus, but they're content to kind of, you know, live their own life and they'd rather not be part of a church body. And I believe someone can experience the transformation without being part of a church body, but I believe it's essential to be part of a body of believers somewhere, if at all possible, to help us, to equip us, to better equip us, to be that healthy butterfly. You know, it brings accountability when we're in a church group somewhere. And, yeah, God desires and enables for us to fly or in other words to be free sometimes i wish i could literally fly it would be fun sometimes but you know god desires us to fly or to be to be free god did not send his son jesus to die on the cross simply to save us from our sins or to simply take us home in heaven one day with him but he sent his son to die on the cross so that we can experience this transformation and actually a Life on earth that is according to what he originally planned it for, a life of perfection. And we should all be pursuing perfection. I'm not perfect, and I'm sure none of us here are perfect, but that should be our desire, to pursue perfection. We should not live with the mentality that, well, I'll just, you know, get by with what I can, you know, I'll do the minimal what it takes to be a Christian, well, we're really not living the way God intended us to, to live. And we, rather, we should be looking at how can I better serve Christ? And I don't think any one of us, regardless of our age or regardless of how long we've been a Christian, will reach a level where we should be content with where we are. Yes, we, we can be at peace in Christ. We, we can be content with the, the plan of salvation, the redemption that God has given, but Striving for more in that being or better 
or to serve Christ better or to become more and more like Christ. So, are you allowing God to transform you into a beautiful, healthy butterfly? Is that your experience this morning? So, in review, a spiritual metamorphosis. Again, the egg, the beginning, second one, the larva, third one, the pupa, and the fourth one, the butterfly. And I would like to have each one of us look at our individual life and ask ourselves which best describes us. Now, we have babies here that are still innocent, and I would liken them to, you know, just, just that beginning. We have, they're in a body, a church body this size, there's probably some here that are maybe under conviction that have never acknowledged or confessed their sin and repented of it and allowed God to give them a new heart, a new mind. And I trust there's many here that have, in the third point, that have experienced conversion. And my desire is that also there's many here this morning that are the butterfly, that are walking with Christ, experiencing him in, in your daily lives. So again, I would like to go through this phrase, and then I'm going to look at some more things in conclusion, comparing the, the three different, or the larva the, and the two butterflies. So let's again say this together. Hopefully most of you can see that. As a caterpillar changes into a butterfly with a transformed mind, so can I. Let's say it one more time. I'll get you started, and I'll let you go with it. As a Thank you. That's what I want to be thinking about this week. That's what I would like you to be thinking about this week as you go throughout each day. So, the larva in need of a transformation. The butterfly, the one that had the wings damaged, needing repaired to reach its potential. And then thirdly, the beautiful butterfly transformed into the, what it was really meant to be, a beautiful butterfly. So, again, look at these three and ask yourselves where you're at. Are we still in need of the transformation? Is that not something you've experienced? And if it's not, I would beg you to allow God's Spirit to speak to you and to make a change, and it is possible when we confess our sin, acknowledge our need for a Savior, and we can experience that transformation. Or are we like the middle, we've experienced the transformation, and yet there's things in our lives that are hindering us to fly, or hindering us to truly be free. Or are you like the third one, and hopefully that's where we are, transformed into a beautiful butterfly. And if you're like me, maybe I would put myself, because I, you know, there's always things, there's room for improvement, I would maybe not feel right about quite putting myself into the, the beautiful butterfly category. But I trust as we go throughout our lives that we have a desire to allow God to continue to transform us, continue to speak to us, and as he reveals things to us, that we would, whether it's 
add things to our lives, like we look at the uh, spiritual fruit that are supposed to be evident in the cre in, as creature or the creation. We are to produce fruit of the spirit, or maybe there's things that God is speaking to us that we need to remove from our lives to put off. So I trust and I challenge you to, or I want to leave you with thinking about these three things and allow God to continue to transform you as you go throughout this week. And maybe when you come to the close of the day, you can reflect on the day. Maybe you wake up in the morning, you can think, you know, how you want to live your life, you know, as the, the, the butterfly. And then at the close of the day, reflect and think about, you know, how, how did I live my life today? Was I living like the uh, damaged butterfly that was never able to fly? Or did I live my life in a way that, you know, is evident of a healthy butterfly that is free? And I trust that is your heart's desire, that's God's heart, and that's what I encourage you to do this week, to seek to be that healthy butterfly that blesses those that you come in contact with. Thank you, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the hope that we have from your word, that we can be transformed when we choose to acknowledge you as the one who can take away our sin and to give us a new mind. We thank you for the transformation that you've done in our lives. And I pray if there's anyone here this morning that has not experienced this transformation, I pray, Lord, that you would draw them, that you would speak to them, and I pray that they would not have peace until they confess their sin. And I pray that they would be able to find someone to talk to about it as well, but ultimately to confess it to you so that they can experience that transformation. And I pray for anyone here this morning that you've spoken specifically to that is like the butterfly that has experienced the transformation yet knows that they're not completely free. I pray that you would speak specifically and clearly to them and what it would take for them to be free. And I pray that every one of us would have a desire to live as that healthy butterfly, to be true, true and free because of the work that you've done. And I pray that you would be with us as we go from here. Guide us throughout this week. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.